Good evening and welcome to another summer edition of the 3 on 3 podcast. We're getting closer to the start of the season. You've enjoyed these episodes, so we're bringing you another one. Whether the content's good remains to be seen, but we're enjoying it, and I think you'll enjoy tonight's episode. As ever, we have the Diva, who is already on some form of uh, form, um, and we've got a, uh, a relatively happy Scott. Good evening, gents. How are you both? Tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. How are you guys? I'm uh, struggling to walk in a straight line um, due to some vertigo issues, but uh, I'm I'm ploughing through. How are you? I'm not too bad, thank you, Scott. Great to see you you fighting through the uh, the pain barrier to, to be with us tonight. It's always um, appreciated as ever. We have a fourth voice um, to help us this evening. Um, we're actually glad he's in the country. He's been. Uh, um, plane hopping. He's been all over the show. Um, so we managed to get five minutes of his time. Um, it's my favourite Tory. Uh, good evening, Greg. How are you, my friend? And thanks for giving up your time this evening. <laughs> uh, really good, yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, good to be here. Glad I got five minutes of my schedule to uh, pop in, talk some hockey and uh, see what's going on. Uh, as always, a pleasure. No, no, thank you ever so much. Though, everyone won't see because obviously this is just beyond on spotify and other podcasts you're missing out on on the jacket uh we're trying to get him to wear a jacket he wore on uh, his travels recently it's uh maybe someone may slip into our socials because it can't be kept on its own john what do you reckon peak tory i'm ashamed that he's from my nation no one wears stuff like that in in wales apart from him when he's living his best life in sw18 wherever or 17 wherever part of london he was in 19 19 or whatever it was how, disgraceful how was Wimbledon just quickly how was it uh, uh brilliant yes uh obviously first time I've been and um Angela my partner she's like a massive tennis fan so we went down and spent the day the opening day of Wimbledon uh it's as you'd expect immaculate expensive posh that's pretty much sums it up um but <laughs> right yeah, at home tennis, then. <laughs> tennis was amazing uh you know, it was a good experience to go and see centre court and watch some of the top players play. So, yeah, definitely go back. Ah, fantastic. So, we'll go from the excitement of centre court Wimbledon to the signings that we're seeing so far. Um, recently, we've had the annual Cardiff Summer Summit. Uh, Greg, John, between you, tell us um, who have you brought in? How did the summit go? Um, did Alberta deliver as it annually does, allegedly? With the sign-ins and the summit, uh, it sort of evolved into a bit of a cringy thing, I should say, but a whole bit of fun, I should imagine, uh, with the intro and the bit of bad acting from the owners, but all a bit of fun in the end of the day. Um, yeah, it's, it's the signing-wise, not too bad at all. I mean, they announced the returning player, which was Cox, which a lot of people sort of thought he might be back anyway, but that sort of sets up the uh, more successful line from last year, really, with uh, him and Sanford and Martin, which you know you, you can't deny was was our top points producers, um, and they really sort of like sort of carried us through uh, most of that season. So it's good to have him back. It's good to have that chemistry with that line back, and uh, hopefully they're going to be as productive as they were last year. Uh, he did have some decent offers apparently um, to go to Europe and play, but we managed to keep hold of him. So 
uh, sort of top top marks of the owners for that. Um, Greg. Yeah. Sorry, Greg, I thought you finished. Uh, apologies for just jumping the gun a little bit there. Um, <laughs> not like you, which is not like me at all, I tell you what. I apologise for just for the first time in my life ever doing that. Uh, one thing I sort of said I thought the club might look to do for the following season is maybe look to make that first line the second line because, let's be honest, Belfast were streets ahead of everybody else and I think you have to look at improving all over the ice. Um, the players they brought in, they look okay. I wouldn't say any standout names. Do you think, looking at the squad now with, I think, 16 or so players signed, there looks like enough there in terms of firepower? Do you think, looking at the roster so far, that first line is going to be the first line again? Uh, There's probably another big, maybe, goal scorer to bring in. But I don't see an awful lot of additional depth, what they had from last season. Um, Obviously, it's obviously early days. You can't really comment on potential second, third line scoring, but... The fourth line looks to be much as it was last year. Do you think that they have enough on paper or they look like they've improved from last yeah, year? Yeah. I mean, for, for myself at the moment, um, we're missing another top line winger um, to come in. Obviously, we've signed uh, Arniel, uh, who's coming in from Germany, and another guy, they signed Cole Ali, who was announced on a Sunday, who does look to have a good pedigree. Um, Behind him, you know, quite a good AHL, uh, sort of like sort of uh, nearly 200 games behind him, I think, from obviously on, on the elite prospects, um, not far of a point of game in that. And um, but overall, I, I I'm not sure if we have fully improved on where we needed to be from last year. When you look at the roster so far, there's four positions potentially that they haven't announced yet. Um, Rumours going around, obviously, that Mosey, everyone's all about him coming to us. He hasn't been announced yet, but apparently he's on his way. Um, I can imagine him slotting into one of the D positions rather than a forward. Um, which leaves another three. People have said Davis is going to be back. People have said that uh, Pietronio is going to be back. If that's the case, I, I can't see that being good enough for what we need to improve on last year because that's bringing back too many of the of the players who really didn't didn't win us anything last year. And I think that we needed to have more depth on that third and fourth line coming back for me. Um, who knows, like I say, you know, we, we've got one uh, one place on the D which needs to be filled again, as, as if Mosey is the other one, assuming he is going to play on D. Um, I think that needs to be a, a, a real sort of top top end player coming in um, because that's where we need to sort of improve looking at last year's positions. But um, as it stands, I'd say it's a slight improvement on last year's uh, roster, but it's not enough of an improvement, I think, that's going to make us see us challenging for the league. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment. So as much as it's really early days, if you look at that fourth line, assuming Pietro Nero is back and Brandt, very similar players, both crash-bang players. There's not a lot of offence on either of those if, and again, it depends on how they bring the team together in terms of how they juggle the lines, you'd assume they'd be playing alongside Duggan, Stroke Davis, depending on how they, how they do it. That, for me, is not enough depth in, in scoring for the fourth line. Whilst you want them to go out there and be an energy line, you still need to be a bit more offence. I think if you're looking at an extra 10 or 15 goals yeah. on last season's roster, that could make a difference over the year. Um, the one I'm a little bit intrigued by is, is Callum Booth. Uh, if you look yes. at, obviously, the fact he's... Not played a lot of awful lot of games in the last few seasons. The guy obviously was drafted. 
three or four years ago, wherever it was, you know, so obviously he's been on the NHL radar in the past. So obviously to assume there was a lot of expected of him. Um, you know, we speak amongst ourselves and I wonder whether he's been brought in as a kind of project almost domestically and, and even maybe nationally. Obviously he qualifies for GB in terms of parentage. I, I I assume that gives him a British passport immediately. We've talked about in the past lack of depth in goal for, for GB. Do you think maybe he's been brought in as a bit of a longer term project, maybe Bounds as a starting goalie, playing 60-65% of the games and Booth maybe sort of initially been in the backup, or where do you see that? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, he'll be the number one. Or? Yeah, I mean, from your first point, I, th- I think there's definitely a, a, a GB sort of angle on this with him coming in. Um, his mother's actually from Wales, I think, um, from what I've read. Um, uh, it's definitely like, yeah, one, one to look for the future on that because, like as you said, they are sort of, you know, they got the bounce whistle sort of stand at the moment. Uh, they need somebody to sort of come in and sort of push those two as much as they can. Um, I, I'm not sure. I, I I don't know if Bounds will play sort of 60%, 65% of the games this year. When you look at the sort of calibre that Booth has got and sort of the pedigree he has got, I mean, they said in the summit that he's had five NHL driver contracts over the years with the different teams he's been at. Um, and he's been behind some of the best goaltenders that, that, that the NHL has to offer um, in the teams he's been in. So there's obviously talent there. And his sort of his stats sort of are not not too bad when you look at them. I mean, they're not outstanding. They're not superb. No, they're not like sort of top level. Otherwise, he wouldn't be sort of playing back down in these leagues. But um, you know, he's he sort of held his own um, sort of in and out the ECHL and the AHL. Um, so I, I can see him sort of sort of splitting duties on that one more than sort of one sort of taking over. Unless of course one gets an absolutely massive being the foreman, it's going to be silly to leave one of them out. But I can see it pretty much being shared now throughout uh, throughout the season. Yeah, I think it's a good position for them to be in, um, as much as Cozen, to be yeah. fair. Played a lot of games when it came down to the, the running boundaries, number one, and rightly so. Um, so a bit of competition for Ben would be good. From a GB perspective, if he can play a lot of games, fantastic. And if Booth mm-hmm. can be sort of there in the next couple of years, that's great as well. Guys, anything you want to join in about? In terms of the Cardiff Summit and uh, owners and signings, thank you for allowing us back on the the podcast, um, Scott. I'll, I'll let you go first. Um, what, what have you seen of what's been announced and how the the Devils are shaping up so far? Not got a bad team, have they? Let's be honest. You bringing back a lot of players that scored a lot of goals. Is there not a little bit of snobbery now in Cardiff? Because you have got four lines now, four solid lines, and now you're expecting goals off the fourth line as well. Uh, is, not, is the fourth line job to be doing that? Is it not to give the guys a rest? I know you want them to chip in with a few goals, but I know you want to be challenging for titles. But if you had this team a couple of years ago, it's not too shabby. No, and it's, it's not a snobbery thing at all. It's, and, and you're right, it is a good team. And... You know, there'd be other, most of the other teams in the league would be happy with having that team. Um, from my point of view, when you look at the last couple of years, we haven't been close to winning the league title, and ultimately, that's where, as a as a as a club and an organisation, that's what they're aiming for. That's their that's their goal every year. And when you look at how far behind we've been, behind Belfast in those couple, last couple of seasons, I'm not sure if what we've got at the moment is going to bridge that gap 
obviously we don't know what's going to happen. That team could turn up and absolutely demolish the league. We don't know at this point. <laughs> this is just my opinion. I mean, and you, you know, you, you can't tell what's going to happen with these signings. Um, but that's just, you know, it's, it's not a snobbery thing. It's just looking at the previous couple of years and looking at what we've got now. I think for me, looking at this team, it's, it's, a, it's very different in context of there's not that big name. There's not that go-to straight away. Whereas, you know, before, you know, three, four, five years, you had a number of players that were go-to and really had, you know, the devils on the back type thing. We'll get all the goals. It seems like a team that's quite under the radar, but looks like a team that's going to do a very good job, which is obviously, you know, it's a dangerous combination if it pulls off. Um, you know, Belfast over the last couple of years have had, you know what they've got on the core, but it's the, the stuff that just goes under the radar. And this, and Cardiff does look um, that type of team. Um, the goalie combo I find interesting. I hope with a GB cap on that it does give Bounds enough games, but enough to be with enough juice come the world champs. Um, and I know there's a few more players to sign. I just, I, I like the team. They don't stand out, but I'm not sure that's a bad thing in this respect. Yeah, I mean, you, you could be absolutely right. I mean, it could be one of those teams where it is they, they've they've got the players they need rather than the players they want. I don't know. That, that sort of makes sense. But um, uh, yeah, you could be absolutely right in that they just do gel. They've put round pegs in round holes and we're going to come out sort of fighting straight away. Um, another one that's sort of quite interesting with it is Barrow uh, from Storm. Uh, had a bit of bad luck with injuries last year, um, but he only played 30 games. We had 32 points in those games. Uh, if he can stay fit, that could be an interesting one and see how he, how he performs. I mean, it was his first year pro last year, so there's not really much of a you know, history behind that apart from his juniors, but that could be an interesting one. And like, as you say, under the radar, he could be one of the performers and makes a bit of a difference for us. I like that. I think so. Yeah, I agree with that too. I liked him too. He was a one, or two, one of the two players or so in Manchester one year that sort of stood out. One quick thing, Greg, I was going to sort of ask about as well. Obviously, everyone knows Devil's power play was pretty shocking last season. They didn't get it going despite having a supposedly power play coach. Assuming Crawford is back, which obviously everyone knows how offensive Crawford is, do you think with the addition of Mosey that sorts it out as well? Because I think when he was in Cardiff the first time, he wasn't really utilised on the power play. Having seen him playing under Pete for GB in April and May, where he pretty much you know was running the power play for GB, along with Halbert, do you think an addition of Mosey would make maybe their power play a bit better in terms of having maybe two lines? You've got the, the one-two punch, which they didn't have last season. If the first line wasn't scoring, there wasn't much you know, happening on the power play. So maybe Mosey coming in helps the power play unit, make sure. Yeah, um, without a doubt it will, because you know, he can offer that offensive side, uh, which he's already got in his locker anyway. Uh, as we know, he's played that you know, forward before. Um, so he'll definitely make a difference. Uh, if Crawford's back, uh, obviously he'll be he'll be sort of like sort of like quarterback in that as well. But also one of the other guys they brought in from the summit was a guy called um, Cody Donaghy, um, who by all accounts has got a hell of a shot on him. Uh, Fournier's recommended him as somebody who they should have a look at from his time um, playing over there. Um, and he could be another one who they add to that power play unit. 
uh, which will obviously <laughs> look to make improvements. It can't get any worse. Let's be honest. What it was last year, it was almost shocking. Um, but with those three, if, if Crawford, if he's back, Mosey and Donaghy, I think we're going to be looking at a, a lot more potent power play for us next year. Just a, a couple more things of Cardiff. Last year, when Cardiff weren't winning games and Bounds was in net, the fans were quick to jump on him. And with the addition of Callum Booth, if he then gets a few games and then Callum Booth wins a few games, it worries me that the, the dynamic in the fan base will go pro Booth again and then that will not bounce and then he'll have to come back again. Because I don't think Booth will be coming in as someone that wants to play 10 games. So that will be an interesting tandem because you Bounds has got cash in the bank at, at Cardiff. Mosey, for me, if he's coming in, I'm not a big Mosey fan and John will slate me for this, but I'm not a fan of a guy that bounces around all the top four teams and smiles and jokes around and throws a few dodgy hits and looks good on camera. Not for me. Um, And I also feel like you lack a power forward on the top couple of lines. Yes, you've got Peroni and Brandt, but they're not going to protect and produce on those top lines. I I know a power forward, a top end power forward don't grow on trees, but, I thought that with Pete Russell's contacts, that he would have got some someone in like that. Hmm. Yeah, possibly, yeah. I mean, we did bring again um, Tyler Bush, uh, who's centre. Uh, possibly looking at a third line for him, uh, but apparently, by all accounts, from what they've said in the summit uh, and the reports they've had from him, he is one of those sort of big, uh, powerful forward players, sort of a. You know, her dad type maybe then. If you're looking at that, that's the sort of person who we've been missing uh, since he's left because that guy was um, you know, almost unplayable at times. Um, you're right about, you know, fans. F- fans will be fans. They'll have their favourites. They'll have the people they don't like. It's going to happen. And I think it will happen with whoever is our second goalie. Um, I just think there's people who just don't rate bounds for whatever reason. You know, the guy, I don't know what else he can do, really, to sort of convince players that at this level, he is a, a top, top goalie. Um, he's proved it for us over the years. He's proved it for GB over the years. And there was nothing much else he can do. Uh, but that's how it goes. Um, people have got opinions. Uh, it's never going to change. Uh, but you're right. It, you know, it could go either way. If one of those has a, has a particularly poor spell, fans could change on them. Um, I like Mosley. I, I got like I can't I can't lie. It's uh, you know I, you know he, yeah he does jump around the teams and you're right but he does produce um, you know he's had his he has bad luck with his injuries over the last few years. Uh, Bria has had a good couple of years now where he, he stayed pretty much injury free and when he does that he does produce points. Um, so you you know if the chance comes you think you've got to take him. So I, I'm quite happy with that. Wise words, Greg. <laughs> Very much so. Anything else on the on the Cardiff signing so far from you two? No, I think I think we pretty much covered it. I think, uh, like I said, it's it's just looking out to see who, if you know these these last couple of signings are, if they are the people who have been mentioned, or whether they just throw a curveball in there and bring somebody else in who's brand new. Um, you know, we're going to be challenging. We're going to be up there. I'm not sure if it's quite enough at this point, but time will tell. I think for me as well, it depends how they're going to. Utilise the, the squad as a whole. If Davis is back, I don't think they're going to make the mistake they made a couple of seasons ago when O'Connor was like a sec- essentially the spare in, well, the additional import. Assuming obviously Davis is back, I can't see them not signing 15 
imports and having a spare Brit, because you'd probably say that would Batch be the sixth Brit if they had a choice? I'd be very surprised if they go with six Brits and 14 imports. So assuming they go with a spare Brit and potentially a spare import, then it gives them options. But I think you're right. I think at the moment on paper, it doesn't look like a massive enough improvement to overhaul Belfast. But at the same time, Belfast have uh, lost a lot of players too. So the gap, obviously, to be fair, is potentially smaller just by default because they've lost a lot of big names. There's some quite nice holes in that squad right now compared to what finished the season last year, and I'm sure I'll get into it. But, uh, yeah, I, I'd like to see maybe a spare on the imports, a spare on the Brits, and it gives them a better depth. But if they're going to go with what they've got, I don't think it's enough. I mean, just before we go, the one person we haven't mentioned yet out of all this is uh, Josh Waller. Um, he's another one who seems to have just not got mentioned or gone under the radar. Uh, outstanding player. Um, if we can get him firing, and you know, obviously Pete Russell's working with him now this year, I think he'll get more ice time. Obviously, he'll see a lot more of what he can do for us. Uh, I think that's going to be a massive benefit for us as well this year. The thing is, uh, Greg, if you listen to the pod, we talked about that kind of stuff fairly regularly. So uh, thanks for paying attention to like what we talked about the last few weeks. But, you know, you're meant to be our friend. I agree, though. Waller, for me, has got to be top. Remember that, Greg. You know when you hear the episodes in John goes, oh, I've not seen anything or I've not prepped yeah. anything. Remember that. Remember what he's just said this evening. Can we move yeah, on from Cardiff? Yeah, I'm getting fed up with Cardiff. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> You can mute, we'll mute them too. Um, and we'll have some time on it, Scott. Um, any signings that you're standing out for you so far? Any, any others? I know we did a bit on Coventry last episode, but any others around the league that you've have since that kind of gone? Um, oh, that looks interesting. Well, Belfast have, on paper have completed their roster. Um, we'll get one of the Belfast lads on to dissect the uh squad announcement, but I think Mr. Cooper back in Belfast is a massive re-signing for them. They've only re-signed uh, six imports and to have that continuity in that team. And he is a fantastic player. Maybe went under the radar a little bit for him last year, but to produce what he did, and he seems like a good guy as well. And uh, my other one is the Storm's new goalie, Evan Wenin- Weninger. I don't know how you pronounce it. He was in a a pretty poor team in the France league last year, Nice. They were like nine and 20 um, face a lot of rubber. And that's what you need in Manchester. So they're my two signings that have come out of the last few weeks that I think are pretty good signings around the league. I must admit, I, I like Belfast uh, going down in terms of new imports coming in. A lot of the NCAA experience, the, the Friendship for Tournament really is uh, reaping the rewards for Belfast because some of the players I've had who've played in there have been absolute top-notch. The goal in Manchester, you'd like to, first of all, you'd like to think the coach will know what type of goalie he wants. Uh, but I'll say this, goalies in Manchester, they, they do tend to have to face a fair bit, Rubber, and obviously on a poor Nice team, he did. So he, he'll not like... Some goals that'll go to, let's say, no disrespect, like to Fife and Dundee, and you'll be facing 50-60, and you're not expecting that. He's already done that um, with his previous team. So maybe quite an astute signing. Um, I'm going to keep on the trend for goalies, because the two that stood out for me are both in Nottingham. Um, the Rock is back, uh, announced uh, a while back. Rokstanovic, he's done a stint in Poland. He's 
come back to the Elite League, gone down to Nottingham. I had never had a problem with him when he was in Sheffield. He he was a, a decent goalie that could win games just on a very poor team. Um, he's got away. He's gone to Nottingham. Could be an element of, I'll put one over them. Um, he say he had a decent year in, in Poland and he knows the league. And we say it a lot on this pod that, especially with coaches, if you know the league, you're going to be all right. It's those who don't and kind of just don't treat it with the respect it deserves they end up leaving quite early. Nottingham have had a few of them, especially the coaches. So I, I think this is quite the stupid signing for Nottingham. And they know what they're getting. So it's not like it's a, who what's this one? Whereas the other one that they've announced, very recently, Mike Robinson, straight from NCAA. He's had 24 games pro across the East Coast, the SPHL, the HL, one visit um, on loan to Utissa. So he's very much coming out playing... F- pro for the first time in Nottingham and I think that could be, his stats at NCAA for you know, University of Boston weren't too bad so I think that they've kind of got the two, the key signings quite on they've nailed it for me my only concern and a lot of teams I feel are doing this and I suspect Sheffield will end up doing it as well is it's too important not goalies and we've mentioned it, obviously with Cardiff you've got the Bams Belfast have uh, Jackson Whistle. We're not seeing the goalies come through and actually be able to get a good number of games. And yes, eventually the argument of product over development. I just, I just worry a little bit that we don't seem to have, as an overall factor. And I'll, I'll go quickly and move away of that. We don't have many goalies from British goalies actually getting a good stint in the elite leagues. But in terms of the ones I mentioned for Nottingham. I think they may have picked... They've definitely picked a good in, in Cernovich. I, I reckon Robinson could be quite a, a diamond in the rough. We'll, we'll bring the card of two uh, back into this. Uh, what do you reckon to the, the four players announced so far on our conversation? Yeah, I had um, uh, Rock down as one of my guys um, who I thought might uh, be a good signing from this year and I had the same points I've written down here as bullet points is what you've already mentioned on that so I'm going any further on that one um, one guy who I think does look really good uh, Flames announced him the other day I think uh, Petrozelli. Uh he looks a very good signing uh, if you have a look at his sort of background he's played uh, Fort Wayne I think he was at uh, through the ECHL he's either an assistant or captain in all most of those seasons he was captain he's yeah. Put up, yeah he's put up punts pretty much every year he's played through it. I think he could be a real sort of handful for the, for the league teams this year. Um, very good signing there. And the other one I think is a good signing is McNulty of Blaze. I think he's going to do really well. I think it's just what sort of Blaze needs. Um, proven player in the league. Uh, definitely an upgrade on what they've had on, on, on for the last season. Um, I need to put up points for him. So I think, yeah, that's a very sort of astute signing from Blaze on that front as well. Yeah, back to the rock sign, and I think I agree. I think he was very, very much um, in in Sheffield, in at the deep end. Let's be honest. Barry Brust came in supposedly as the number one goalie. He looked like a tent when he first arrived. Let's be honest with you, the size of the boy, um, and he never really ever got in shape. And Stanovich probably played way, way more games than expected to be playing that season. Um, had the odd bad game here and there, but then he was lights out against. Cardiff and a few of the big teams throughout the season. So I think you're right, Dave. I think not even know what they're going to get. A guy knows the league. He knows the arenas. You know, he knows the angles and stuff. So 
He's got a bit of a head start. The players I'm kind of looking more forward to seeing, if I'm honest, are the British guys. I think it's easy for us to sort of make assumptions with imports based upon what we see on elite prospects. And this guy's good, this guy's not very good. Until they skate on the ice, opinions mean, mean jack. Um, Lewis Huck, I'm, gl- I'm glad to see he's got a, a home. Um, obviously, it was alleged reasons why he left Belfast. And obviously, there'll be interesting times when they play against each other next season. But from a British perspective, it's, you, you want to see the best British players play here. If possible, okay, going abroad helps them in their in their development. But in reality, maybe his uh, pathway in the national team is blocked at the moment, if you believe what was happening in Belfast. Good to see him in the, in uh, Guildford, though. And Laco up in, in Glasgow, I'm just thrilled that they've now seen the light in getting some British players and guys that they can kind of build around. But, um, yeah, I mean, the names you said, they all, they all sound good. McNulty's a great player in that Flames team. Standout player for me. Coventry have done well to get him. Gritty player as well. You know, he's he's not scared to get his nose dirty, to be fair. And those kind of players, they're worth their weight in gold. And in Coventry, with a little small barn, you go in the corners and he'll be there. So, uh, Good, good, good pickup. Just uh, uh, what we're going to do on this podcast. Obviously, we did the uh, done a big Cardiff spiel tonight. As the teams get more and more announced, we'll get guys in from fans from around the teams, and we'll we'll drill more down into it. So we're not just going. Oh, we're ignoring signings. We will do it going forward. So I just wanted to get that in there. No, indeed, we will. Um, we'll just spend a couple of minutes before I move on to the next topic. Um, Scotland, they seem to have found 50 pence to put in the uh, the meter for the Wi-Fi. Uh, they're making some announcements, left, right and centre. Glasgow has apparently become massive. Uh, they keep telling us anyway. Five of the stamps, I'll try again, my apologies, announced a few signings. Dundee of a, a couple. Gents, very quickly around the table, what do, what are we making so far of the uh, the signings up in Scotland? Uh, starting with Clan, I think they've pretty steady signings. Um you know, they've got some good additions up there. Um, first year of the new ownership, so it's interesting to see what happens with it. But you know, they're not going to go sort of too mad in the first year, I don't think. But they've made sort of steady progress on it. Uh, they're not going to be massive, but they'll be all right <laughs> on the clan. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I think they'll they'll do well in the first year, and they will be competitive. Um, Fife, I, I honestly, I, I am sort of quite worried about Fife and where they're going to go and what Brits they're going to get and, you know, you know where it's all going to lead to with them. Uh, the new coach has come in who's got a, a really good sort of resume behind him, uh, some of the teams he's been with and, and the positions he's held. Uh, he must have some good contacts and some sort of uh, players he can get in for them that will do a job up there. Uh, but I do think they are going to struggle from a Brit point of view um, with the ones... We're looking at who's left. Uh, as for Dundee, I can't really sort of <laughs> say KSA. I've noticed much about Dundee, to be honest, and what they've uh, signed so far. So I believe it's one of the other guys to look up with them. I'm impressed. It's uh, the amount of spin that Fife have put to their players they brought in because all I've heard is I've heard good things about Kakadi. What a load of crap. No one who knows hockey in this country has ever said a good thing about Kakadi. So they're either spinning like you believe, and this coach has literally got the gift of the gab, or the players are just not doing their research, or they're just lying. Um, but even so, if it's just lip service, it's good to hear people excited to go to Kakadi. Wait till they get there, though. Um, Dundee, yeah, they brought a couple of uh, you know, unusual, I say unusual players. They, they look like they've got a bit of a mix of players to try and get this 
the fans on side, that, that Walker guy looks like it could be a bit of a Kyle Haas mark too. And I think when you're in, in the market that they are, Dundee, you're not going to be winning the league. You need to entertain on a, on a, on a, on a match night to get fans back and maybe the few of the signers they got are to try and entertain the fans as much as win games. Um, Glasgow, interesting. It's, it's going to be a rebuild year for them in reality. Maybe it'll be another two or three years before the challenge in, but I don't see Glasgow doing much more than maybe top eight, if, if, if that. And then maybe in a couple of years, they could be pushing to uh, to win t- trophies. But Scotland teams are just there at the moment, aren't they? They're just making up the numbers. Well, attitude. It's just a poor attitude to have that. They're trying. They are trying. Come on. Um, I'm not suggesting they're not Scott, but let's just not like pretend that they're, they're going to be competitive and I know, challenging. I'm not tr- yeah, but there, there is a new juice about the place shall we say and it's um, exciting yeah it's, 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 it's three new coaches in, in in scotland and five are trying five have got four four new guys in shirley yeah. ostenberg uh chioda chode where, where are the brits going to come from they have three lines i know that i know but these guys that would probably never sign for fife are now coming in um yes. i think I, I feel like we should be a little bit more positive and hopefully that oh sorry scott i do you don't approve of my of my opinion i'm not saying i don't approve i'm just saying don't let's not be negative about it let's see what they can do first before they hit the ice the signing for imports and even if they've signed for the golf courses okay they might have I, hope they, I hope they be coventry i hope like coventry come ninth then and uh the scottish team is, well, not happening, is it uh but I'm just so where saying, are they going to come then? Where, where are they going to finish then? So if you look at the league as it's likely to be, where are the Scottish teams likely to finish, Scott? Well, Fife has signed four players so uh, at the moment, uh, NIHL. But what I'm saying is... So like, where are they going to finish in reality, though, come the end of the season? Uh, towards the end. Of the... There we go. So Yeah, I know, but, you've got point? A, but my point is they're trying. They've not just brought... They brought in a coach that's got NHL experience. They've sold him the dream. They are it's signing. About 90. They are yeah, but they are signing players that they never would have signed. What do you want them to do then? Fold? I, I obviously not. I, I I love going to five. I said they're probably going to be in the bottom. You've agreed, and you're still moaning. Yeah, but you've been negative about what they're doing. Ah, oh, you talk about people being negative. Hot and cattle. Yeah, but I don't. What do you want them to do? Do you want them to sign uh, Riley Brandt? That would probably be better for the Devils, yeah. yeah. Exactly. They've, look, they've got to start. They've, it's a new slate for Fife. 25 years the bottom two or three. Simple as. It, yeah, it's, 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 it's not going like, to happen overnight. And yeah, good for them and good for the fans as a bit of buzz. But the reality is they're not going to be challenging for the playoffs. But their players think they're going to win the league. So let's, let's give them that. Let's give them that juice. Let's, get, let's go. Okay, they've still then. got to be in the team just, they've still got to be in the league let's, let's lie like the players coming into Fife are lying about how excited to be in Fife because they've heard good things it's all lie but Fife still need to sign a team and they've signed they are signing players that have some pedigree and if Manchester come back the postseason anything can happen so Greg what are your thoughts on uh, just to finish off the uh, section well, look, I work in Kakadi, so it's an amazing place. <laughs> and uh, the next sale is on. Just let everyone know if you want to pop in and have a look. <laughs> but, uh, all the shops are available. Help yourself to like all the clocks and stuff with your bike. 
<laughs> yeah, other shops are available, they're just not as good. Um, but uh, yeah, it's I, and to be honest, uh, the fa- the fans that I work with, they are excited about what's happening in there, and um, they do think there is going to be a change. Though they've had so many years of you know, the, the same sort of setup with the coaching and, and things like that. Um, I think there is sort of genuine sort of uh, positivity about what they're going to do. So let's see what happens. I think we can really just file the Scottish teams under the classic time will tell. I'm not saying that they're going to, you know, not 8, 9, 10. But like I say, if Manchester can get the postseason, miracles can happen. So who knows? Um, but I'll look at them once they've filled the team. And maybe I'll lean towards John. Maybe we keep the positivity from Scott. Who knows? But, you know, they're getting players in that are. I'll say that with what Scott's saying. Normally the signings you go, oh, that's good. That's great. Next. The one so far, a little bit different, a little bit better. So who knows? Let's, uh, let's keep the, the five pound wagon going for a few weeks longer. Um, and I think we can, I think we should move on because I don't want to see. No, I can, oh, you got more. Sorry. More my apologies. My apologies. Sir, Dundee. Scott. Dundee with Lafayette was their, their, their time in the last few years. They really enjoyed having Lafayette there. Didn't He's they got... win the conference? When they yes. Have the yes, exactly. So might be there, but I, I feel like he's got yeah, he's got contacts and that Valentini they've signed. He is a rink player, sort of player that I wouldn't looking on elite prospects. I know you can't do that, but we all do it. He's a sort of player that I wouldn't mind at the place. So probably still finishing the bottom three. I know John, but it's not the point. <laughs> I'll mention one other signing that's not in Scotland um, and has had to due to unfortunate circumstances. Um, it's the return of the name of Shudra to Sheffield. Not Ron, it's Cole returning um, after a couple of years in the NIHL with uh, Leeds. Uh, very quickly, gents, how are we seeing this uh, signing going? Um, for me... Cole Shudra has, has had his chance in the Elite League. I know he's putting up the points in the NHL, but so are a lot of players. And the player that they should have got from Leeds is Kieran Brown. Leeds charge a lot of money to get into the rink. Kieran Brown's probably on a pretty penny. But f- the issue I have is the time of the announcement. It's so fresh after Alex's death and the deal was done pretty quickly. Regardless of the deal that was done, there was no need to announce it so quickly. Uh, and that kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth for me. For me, I was hoping it'd be a Sheffield lad just to literally sort of play on in Alex's memory. Um, obviously, whoever we came in is only going to be there because of Alex, sadly, obviously not long, long longer being with us. And it must be kind of an awkward kind of situation to be in, knowing that you're effectively taking over his role. Um, Scott, is right for the first time this evening. I think it should have been Brown. Maybe he should have basically sort of made that step up. I know there's been a lot of talk about big fish in a small pond. I'm kind of I'm respectful for, for Cole doing what he's doing because I, I'm sure he probably would have a bigger role in, in Leeds and I don't know, the financial side of things. He's probably stepping up when maybe his preference would be to sort of stay in the league he was in. But I'm surprised at the two-year deal. I really am. I don't think if it's only five input five, five, five bridge rather 
you can you can pick this season and potentially next season. A team as big as Sheffield sign a, a guy like Cole Shudra. I'm sure there's better bits to be had next season, particularly. Um, maybe that was the sweetener. Maybe you had to give him a two-year deal to make him walk away from Leeds. Had to make that deal happen. Um, but the whole thing's just really sad. It's just the, the guy that should be playing in that fifth spot is no longer with us. Um, a guy that inevitably, I think, would have gone on to have a great, great career. No one's got a bad word to say about him as a person. Um, he had all the tools to be a standout player for many years to come. And it's going to be a little bit eerie, I think, you know, for Cole Shudra, whoever took that spot for at least that next season, knowing that, that they're kind of almost by default, if that's even the right sort of phrase to use, because that position was filled and that poor guy isn't there with us anymore to uh, to fill it. Yeah, it's, it, it is awful circumstances that we've known that he's found himself there. Um, and you never know, you know how that might play play on on him uh, for this year. You know, he's uh, he obviously has gone there as a replacement for, for Alex Brady. Um, uh, it, it, it may have cost Sheffield a lot more than they were expecting to sort of have to go out and get him. And maybe they did offer Kieran Brown something to go back there and play with them this year from Leeds and uh, couldn't match what he was wanting or what he's earning or, or you know because he's, I'm not sure what his, his circumstances are whether he's got a, a profession outside of hockey or what I don't know but. Um, I would imagine they would have had to have uh, paid, paid paid enough or over the odds to to get sort of um, to get him back up into Sheffield. But you know he's going to go in. He'll he'll do the job the best he can. He um, might find it difficult. Uh, who knows? But ultimately, uh, it was not his doing at the end of the day. So you know, all the best to him. I think the point that's been made by by everybody is is, is the right one in terms of. It's the unfortunate circumstance of how Coles found himself um, on that spot. They were good friends. They won the Challenge Cup to, together in, in 2020. What I, from a Sheffield fan looking in, there's a potential for it to be a, a, a Brown and Whistle Mark II in respect of having this chance, not working straight away, going down to the, the NHL, you know, cutting his teeth a bit more and come back a, a better player. That's a possible. Who knows? Um, yeah, you'd go with Kieran Brown just on the fact that Brown Brown's point production is a lot more, but Brown also maybe very settled at Leeds. Um, so it's. I, I think it's it's one of them. It's like you hope it goes well for the obvious reasons in terms of why he's now on the roster. But it's, it's kind of like the. the when I say the word worst, time will tell, Simon. It's not a case of we know he's, he's awful or, or that malarkey. It's because, you know, if he goes into, he goes into the season, does the fact that he's, he's taking his friend's spot play on his mind too much? All these factors could, you know, he doesn't have the season that he hoped he would have in playing in, in his uh, friend's memory. It's, there's a lot of factors that could end up played here. Um, but I wish him well. I hope he does well. Um, there's a lot of... Sheffield fans are kind of going, oh, it's nice to have that name back. And I don't know, maybe just that. It's familiarity that I'm not sure will work, but let's just hope on this occasion for him, it does. David, I, I, think wish, I wish him well. I do wish him well. I just didn't like the timing. That I agree with. I'm going to be honest, I agree with you 100% there. I think they could have waited um, a month. It, it weren't some of that needed to be said now. Now, maybe... That was just Sheffield wanting to get that news out. 
maybe it's a product of the fan base needing to know everything yesterday. Who knows? Um, but I must admit, I agree with you there. Um, they could have waited. And, and you, you look at the announcement and it's talking about his death and it's clearly been done very quickly or in time-wise after his passing. You know, you ask all four of us to talk about someone close after you, after a friend we've lost. You're struggling. So to do that, I, I, I've got to be honest, I didn't like that. Um, yes, pay, pay you know, respect to, to Alex, but it's ways and means. But then again, it's, it just seems to be. It's, it's, I, I appreciate what they tried doing. I just think they, they missed the mark by doing this one. I think, to be fair, whoever you support next season, if you're a decent human being, human first, fan second, you want that signing to work out. You really do. You want him to have a great year. You want him to really honour his friend's memory. I'm sure there'll be nobody more motivated in that roster every single night than Cole Shudra. And I think we're very tribal in this league. We're very territorial when it comes to, you know, who we support, who we don't like. But if there's one guy I hope does well next season, it's him. And yeah, just being a good guy doesn't mean you're a good player, but He's always been a guy that, like his own man, no one has said anything bad about him. He's a well-respected guy. And fair play to the guy, having the balls to go and do that, because it takes a big set of balls to, to walk into that role he's taken on now. Again, knowing he's effectively replacing his, 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 his friend. And I just hope he has a good season. And I just hope, come the end of the year, he's done his, his friend proud. Now, I think we can all um, agree on that one. So unless anybody has any other signings they want to quickly discuss, we'll move on to the next topic. Um, and I'm not seeing any hands going up to talk about. So we'll go on to season tickets because before I actually go on to season tickets, point out we've got to give kudos to the Elite League. Um, if you've not seen, they have a transfer hub. And that may seem absolutely pointless. It may just seem just another webpage. But if you're looking for signings in a one-shop type thing, have a look at it because it's quite a nifty... Uh, page and it's quite handy especially for folk like us who don't know what run about so uh kudos to the elite league on that one um it's uh even john able to use it so we know what he's like with the technology in that so we'll go on to season two we'll go on to season that's slanderous <laughs> it's not slanderous john We've got many episodes where we have the evidence to go on that one, my friend. Um, we'll go on season tickets. Um, the Elite League put out something that uh, sales are on the up. Um, they mentioned eight teams. Uh, they did mention Sheffield and Coventry. I'm aware of Sheffield's numbers because that got challenged and answers were given. Um, I'll just quickly go through what they've they said. So... Belfast, after their Grand Slam uh, winning, they've got uh, it's their most uh, number of sales since the club started. Um, same with Cardiff. Dundee have broken their record for the, the eighth straight year. Glasgow, over 50% of the capacity is a season ticket, which is, given their seat car crash of a season last year, is fantastic. Um, Fife are on par, which, given their season last year, is not too bad. Uh, Guildford is... Uh, up 6%, seems to be a bit of a pickety number, but it's their highest total in franchise history. The Storm, um, they're up 30%, um, which is very good uh, for Manchester. Uh, Nottingham are up 250 sales. Uh, I don't know if, what the balance is on, on people going away. Sheffield are up 400, uh, an increase 
or 400 new seat tickets and an increase of 10%. Um, I don't know any information on Coventry. Uh, but, gents, given we've got a cost of living crisis, given that Belfast swept all before them, to see them type of stats and figures on season tickets, that's a very good thing to see, would you agree? Yeah, um, it's it, it's nice to see that a positive uh, outcome from, like I say, most of the league in in, in terms of their season ticket sales. Um, and I think, if, if we look back at last year, I think the overall attendances were up over last year's season as well. Um, so the sport as a whole is looking a lot healthier than people might give it credit for. Um, and for every club to have some sort of increase um you know, going into this season is, you know, kudos to them. Um, it's what you want to see. Um, and especially, like I said, with Clan, to have 50% of their arena uh, season ticket holders now with this new ownership, that's that's amazing. And let's hope they keep that going. Um, Cardiff are going to be hampered by their arena. They could probably sell another 1,000 season tickets. Um but it's, you know, they're stuck with the, with the sort of attendance that they've got and they're sort of capped at that. So you're never going to see much of an increase, I don't think, going forward with, with, with Cardiff's um, uh, capacity. Um, but, yeah, it's, 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 I'm really sort of pleased to see that people are, like you said, in a cost of living crisis where every penny counts. Uh, it's, it's good to see that, you know, that the people are sort of like choosing to sort of support their, their, their team and put some money back into the clubs. Yeah, and that's the key thing because I, honestly, I think after coming out on lockdown, clubs could have potentially struggled because at the end of the day, hockey, when it comes down to paying your bills, is a luxury. It's not something that maybe everyone can afford. It's not something that families who have, have twos and threes and fours could potentially afford. But I think it's shown that it's needed for people. Um, everyone's kind of stressed at the moment with we all know our bills are just ridiculous at the minute. We're all paying way more for things now than we were pre-COVID because companies are getting their money back and fuels this and, you know, and, and hockey could have struggled. People could have potentially chosen to hockey as their one of the things that they couldn't afford to keep doing. But I think it's good to see the clubs are, are finding ways to, to keep attractive fans back and and fans are, are sticking to going to games because the reality is life can be quite tough at times. And if hockey is their release and hockey is the place to go to to see their friends and to get some some stress off from the week, then then I'm all for it. And the fact that it's across the whole league with teams seeing increases, it's a positive sign. And as much as we knock your Scottish teams or whoever or you know the your Manchester's, at the end of the day, they're still someone's favourite team. They're still a team bringing joy to fans, and and, and I'm all for it. And yeah, I'm, I'm just thrilled the league is thriving because it could have been in the shit after a year or so of no one going to games. Scott, before I kind of bring you in, I think one point to kind of hone in, I think clubs have switched on, is you see now more clubs offer payment plans to for fans to be able to pay a scene ticket and spread it over six, uh, three, six, even ten months, and I think that's allowed these numbers to, to produce because um, it allows people to be able to get the scene tickets off that commitment, but not do it. That's completely breaking the bank. 100%. And before I touch on that, like five of the clubs have got new coaches. So it's, it, they've all got a new boyfriend, haven't they? And it's that new relationship syndrome where you have to see each other all the time. You're on the phone for three hours a night and you can't get enough of each other. 
and uh, you get the juices flowing, don't you, Mr. Williams? So that's what happens. And I feel second. like, whoa, 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 juices flowing. I mean, you 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 pulled me up for moist the other week, and then you're talking about juices flowing. Where's the difference? It's uh, juices flowing is a accepted term. Moist around the world is not an accepted yeah, but term. It's, it's about being excited, isn't it? Exactly. So everyone's excited because they've got a new boyfriend, haven't they? Five I teams haven't. in this league. I've got a new boyfriend and you can't get enough of him. And that's what's <laughs> happening. We, and it's great. Manchester aside, I feel like the match day price may have contributed to the season ticket sales. But I feel like that might be an uptake as part of the season tickets. And as David said, the payment plans. That is massive. That is massive, people, because as you said, John, there's so much going on with prices and things and people are offering a direct debit over 10 months now, is it? Sheffield is. Sheffield is 10 months and it's only an increase on, I think it's £20. £20 and on it, top of the of the cost of the scene ticket. For it's me cash to flow. To other, it's yeah, cash it's flow. Guar- and it's guaranteed throughout. And you can do it with the sponsors as well because... A lot of sponsors come in, they're fresh and dandy and they're new to the league. They say a lot. They're probably not who they are pretending to be. They might have to ask their boss to actually pay it. This this happens. There's a lot of people that are fake in this league when it comes to sponsorship. So if they can also do a payment plan, cash flow is massive. No, it's it's... It's, it's, it's smart business to, to get it spread over a period and have it the guarantee because, you know, COVID did hit all sports, everything badly. And one thing, you know, was cash flow. So to have that guarantee through um, is good. And so let's give kudos to nine teams. We would give kudos to the 10th team, but say Coventry have not released anything on, on their season ticket uptake. It's not a criticism. They just, they've not put anything out, have they? Or have they? Nothing. As I've seen, no, I don't know why. Well, that's fair enough. So, kudos to the nine teams um, for their season ticket uptake. Back to a negative, though. Um, announcing signings and doing it where you tell a departing player's team or who he's signing to before that team has a chance. Uh, we saw that recently. Scott, would you care to divulge uh, what happened? All last year really struggled in the NHL. They came in late. They had a player that got banned for 15 games. They were the whiffing boys for most season. But this year, they're building a good team, looking positive, doing that. And in Manchester, go and say, Finley Ulrich has left to go to his hometown team. It doesn't take a lot to know where Finley's from. And it took it, took it away from Hall to announce their hometown boy coming. And it just it just disappointed me a little bit. I thought it was a bit it was like Dave Sims in the old days where he used to announce signings of other teams. It's just it annoyed me. And uh it took it away from Finley as well, you know, just to be able to go on bat boys. It annoyed me. Do you think there was a bit of a bit of beef there with it? And perhaps they didn't really want him to go. That's what they done it. It's possible, given that well, you know, maybe just beef in general, because obviously Manchester replaced Hull. Uh, in the elite league, uh, and the bad blood's still there, especially from the Hall fans. If you read certain elements within social media, um, I, I, I suppose where I kind of drag this on to and bring John into this, 
we've got this culture of needing to know yesterday on all signings. The absolute wonderful thing would be first warm-up game, that's our team. Never going to happen, but it'd be wonderful. But all this rumour, all this gossip, all this we need to know now culture, it's kind of, say, whole, of fairness, I've seen some of their... Uh, PR stuff that they're, they're trying this season. They really are up in their game to really, you know, they, they've got to compete with two um, inverted brackets, decent rugby league teams. Um, again, inverted brackets, decent football teams. So they've got market to compete with. Um, and they really are trying their level best. Uh, you can't fault them. So what Manchester did, it's kind of, it, it falls into that, oh, let's give the information now. But you've got teams like Hull and other teams within the NHL, and I'm not criticising the NHL in this respect. They need to do everything they can to kind of big up the signings. Um, it just seems, again, I'll, I'll pass it around the table, as it were. This culture of needing to know yesterday is kind of ruining these types of signing announcements, aren't they? Yeah, I love Hull. And anything that sort of digs on Hull, I'm not a fan of. Um, we all know Hull divides opinion in terms of a place and... Even my missus doesn't like Hull. You know, you know, she's been as a Sheffield fan. Obviously, I went as a Cardiff fan and I had a great experience and I love Hull. But back to the point anyway about this need to know. That's the problem, isn't it? And it's, it very much is, is, is a culture thing in Cardiff. Always has been. Greg will know that. That every single thing that gets announced, it's probably already been rumoured for weeks and weeks and weeks. Everyone wants to know because that was a culture everyone kind of grew up on unfortunately in the past there were leaks within the club that would tell one person don't tell anybody else and they tell one person don't tell anybody else and and to some extent that still exists not as bad as it did but I don't give two shits whichever team you know that I'm a fan of in whichever sport you can't influence players coming and going anyway at the end of the day this ego that people have to be the first to say, I knew so-and-so side for so-and-so, listen to this, listen to this. You're not going to believe this. At the end of the day, come the season start in September, October, wherever, if you're a Glasgow fan, November sometimes, um, the players are just going to be there. Just just be patient, wait to see who arrives, and then either support them or don't support them. But yeah, a lot of it is driven by ego, unfortunately, and and... People who have been along, around a long time think they have a right to know, whether they be fans, sponsors, whatever. They all want to just be like in the know. And it's just, it's like in a, in a playground. It's just childish, really. Not a fan. Yeah, I, 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 I hate the whole sort of, like, you know, need to know basis. And especially like the, is the rumor sites on Twitter and Facebook or what have you. And they're trying to put the names out there and around. You're going to get the same team as you would have got if you knew or whether you didn't know. It's, it doesn't matter. And the fact that you know whether a player has signed three weeks, three months before the season starts is irrelevant. It's, it's going to be there. And most teams have, you know, have signed the majority of their players and they're always coming in. Um, they're just waiting to sort of drip feed them out as and when. And you do see people sort of getting. <laughs> angry about it on, on Twitter and say, you know, we did an announcement today or why have you announced this and just 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 chill out. It's, it's gonna happen. <laughs> just just relax and wait for it to come out and enjoy the season when it starts. Exactly. I demand to know who we signed and I demand this Friday it's twelve o'clock. Send out like a who we sign. Fuck off. 
like to announce that the Coventry Blaze have signed uh, Neil, Neil Martin. Oh, no, I wish. That's fine. <laughs> By the way he was talking, he probably could still do a good job. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, it's the Twitter ones that's, that's you know, from the rumour rumor sites to Stalebred saying, oh, I've heard this rumour and that. It's just now. It's the off. agent, so, David. It's the agent oh, that yeah. put it out. And, uh, yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, is, and that also that always filters through. John saying that people would like, I'll tell you, but don't tell anybody. That was in Sheffield as well. That was, I, you know, years and years. And I, and I knew one person, bring him, so he is, yeah, yeah. These rumour accounts are getting fed by agents to get other moves going. Because some of the Blaze signings, uh, one man and his dog knows, and it's getting announced. So it's the agents pushing other moves through. So uh, the days of fancy signing announcements have now gone because that's the way it's going now. Maybe we're just uh, old and just harp back to when it were better to see what uh, it all announced from the clubs and not. Uh, but I, I don't have a problem with feeding it keeping the interest going uh, throughout the summer. But yeah, just guys and girls, enjoy the summer, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's more yeah. to life than hockey, guys. Okay, July's been a bit up, up and down, but June was was boiling every day. Go do something productive with your life and figure out about hockey for three or four months. It's it stops, uh, it stops, stops Bob Westerdale spelling people's names wrong, though, so, you know. Uh, guy's still around, is he? Is he still around in the many other games somehow? Yeah, yeah. It's not stopping him. Uh, Rumour has it with uh, no U in it. Yeah. But yeah, enjoy the summer. You know, some teams start soon. Uh, with Belfast and the, the CHL campaign, September. Enjoy the enjoy the weather, whatever good weather we have. Um, talking of Europe, since the last episode, the groups was uh, confirmed for the C Continental Cup. Um, Cardiff, um, for want of a better phrase, getting the dregs off uh, from the Elite League and taking the spot, and fair play to them. Uh, they're in a group in Grenoble um, with Nomad Astana, Grenoble, as the other three te- the other two teams guaranteed. One of Brazov, Zemglat, Pellet, and then a qualifier from there. They'll not make that group. Um, we mentioned last year when Cardiff were in the Continental Cup that it was actually, given their poor start to the season, that kind of helped them just to give them some juice, um, get the positivity flowing and, and get a bit of a kickstart to the season. Do you reckon that could be rinse, repeat again this year? You know, go away. So last year they obviously hosted the Continental Cup, but go away, go to a very nice arena in Grenoble and qualify for another final. I'll, I'll ask Greg, what, what do you reckon? Yeah, you've got to hope it is. Um, and it's very well to turn out like that. Um, not a bad group for us, really. Um, you would hope that we could do well in that and qualify for the next round. Um, but yeah, I'm looking for it to sort of, uh, it gives us something to focus on to get up to speed to go into that competition. And then obviously once we're in it and we've competed, uh, we're coming out of that then sort of at the competition level, going back into league action. So uh, definitely, I think, could be a big bonus for us should things go well as well for us that we've got that confidence and in going back into the into this into the normal league season um so yeah more for it and and like you said not a bad place to have to be able to go to in grenoble not too far away easy to get to 
Uh, I think the last time, I think there was about 200 people going at the last count uh, I saw on, on the accounts. So they should have a good following going up there as well. It's not a good place to go when you're stuck in a van or minibus that's capped at 56 miles an hour. I know from experience. So, John, you look at the teams that are in Cardiff's group and it is fair to say that, you you know, healthy money, Cardiff favourites to get out of that group and make the final. You'd probably say so. Um, and I think in reality, come that time of the year, a little trip to Europe is always probably going to be welcomed. Um, the fans certainly will be... Uh, welcoming going abroad, um, saves going to Coventry 75 times a season, you know, by that point. Um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's easy to sort of make predictions this early, but in in terms of the standard of our league, I think our league is probably the strongest in terms of, we've probably got more depth than those other teams in reality, so if they turn up, they should get through. And I would assume then look to try and host the finals and maybe go one step better than he did last season. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm pleased the fans have got a nice little trip to go to. We wasn't expected, of course, after the way the season ended. It's not CHL, which obviously I love. I may have mentioned it in the past. But the Conti, obviously, if you're going to go to an away game or away tournament, it's the one to go to. And let's be honest, you're based in one spot for three or four days. You might have the odd shandy whilst you're there. Take a bit of culture in. And I think a little trip before Christmas for the fans will be... Uh, well, well received. No, you're allowed to have fun, are you? I'm going to say, are you allowed That's to have true. fun? That's true. Um, it hurts me to say, but I want Cardiff to win it. Purely to give two fingers to Guildford and Sheffield for not taking it up. And put everything else aside, I don't want Cardiff to win it. But just to say to <laughs> Guildford and Sheffield, fuck yous for not taking it. Looking at the That's other problem, though, isn't it? How are they going to fit all them games in now that they're going to miss that weekend? Fucking hell, are they going to get all them games on the Wednesdays now? Squeezed in somehow, it's impossible. Hey, three midweek games we've got. Three, or four, sorry, four. Four midweek games. All the midweek games. Uh, looking at the other group, uh, you've got um, uh, Herning Blue Fox, which British teams will know. Um, Katowice, who Belfast played in, when they made the County Cup final. Uh, Helsed in Cortina. Uh, nice little ring, if ever been in that part of the world. Um, so you look at the potential going from that group there. Yeah, you you got a fancy card of chances of doing something. It is also a competition that the Elite League can compete to win. And as much as I'm as much of a lover of the CHL, the Conti Cup gives you that chance to bring the Salmon Plate home. So mid-November is when they go to Grenoble. And I'm sure we'll dissect that after that weekend. Um I have nothing else on the agenda, gents. Do we have any other business? Not any other business, but I do think going back to the Conti Cup, the one difference we do have this year, which will be a benefit for us, is we've got Pete Russell in charge, who is used with the GB squad of being in competition mode because whenever he's with them, though they're playing for something. Uh, I'm sure he'll bring us... Uh, a lot more success than we did last year with our other coach. That's a good point. I think, to be fair, Pete Russell's dog will probably bring in more of a success to <laughs> the squad than the coach that was there last season. Um, but that's a very good point, I think. As you say, his coaching over the last couple of years is, is very much short bursts of games where every game is pretty much a must-win game. I know he's obviously coached in the league as well. Um, but yeah, I think he'll... I think he'll be the coach of the season next season. 
Um, yeah, I, I, I made the prediction weeks ago. To be fair about the who's going to win the league, so I got to stick by yeah, that prediction. He had to check who who he signed when he did that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I'm I'm sure. Who, who ever signed again? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> but he's also he's now just, predicted he, a um, Cardiff Glasgow quarterfinal in the playoffs. Um, is, John, are you still confident with your prediction? Than winning league with the squad, uh, I, I think the squad that he signed at the minute doesn't look strong enough. But obviously, when you make that prediction on the back of British players being brought in, on the assumption they'd be bringing better Brits, sorry, better inputs than they have, I'm going to stand by it because I think he'll be the hardest working coach in the league next season. I think he's got the most to prove, um, and I just get the impression he's just a winner in terms of he wants to be the best, and it's maybe this kind of. <sighs> I was a chip on his shoulder because he's not a kind of guy, but I just think that he backs himself 100%. He'll bring the best out of every single player in that team. And he, he's, he's signed guys who want to play for that team. You know, he's probably saved Waller from leaving. He's brought Mosey back. He's got Bounds probably believing in himself again. I think the, the key components of that team, he'll get the best out, out of those players. And I think every player will, will play at 100%. And I think he'll find the proper roles for players, which they've not had for the last two or three seasons. I think, I think Russell is... More, more to prove than Aaron Fox. He's, he, well, he's a perennial loser, isn't he, to be honest with you? Let's, let's just not pretend otherwise. He's just... He, he knows he gets to January and his arse falls out and his long-term contract is why he's still there right now. He's got a lot to prove, but I just don't think he's got it in him. I think Russell, personally will be the hardest working coach and I don't think the Fox is a coach. I think if Pete Russell <laughs> didn't feel like he had a lot to prove, he wouldn't have had that picture in a cowboy hat with those owners that look like they're wired out of their nuts. So bit bit of a weird one for me. I think Pete Russell's being a little bit of a bitch for them lot. Thoughts? Uh, we we do go from there. Um <laughs> So, uh, yeah, on that note, we shall see. Time will tell. Time will tell indeed. And as we were saying, I I don't think there's any other business. Um, I'm seeing a few shaking heads. So that is it for this episode, the um, the Summer Musings Part 4. Socials at on Twitter, Instagram, at Free and Free Podcast UK, Facebook, Free and Free Podcast UK. We're still running the raffle for... £200 with the process going to the British Heart Foundation team at the upcoming UK Charity All-Stars weekend in Cardiff. Scott and John will be there. We may have some content, exclusive content for you uh, after the weekend um, once everyone's recovered. Um, but uh, so keep on the socials. Um, we may throw any odd surprise here and there. Greg, love it to see you, mates. Uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for bringing a bit of... Uh, sense to this um episode <laughs> i don't know about that but yeah absolutely yeah good to see you guys too uh always enjoy it always a pleasure thanks for having me on no the pleasure's all ours uh diva scott thank you for your time as ever thank you just because he was a podcast about boxing he thinks like he's like you know all mr tough guys isn't he and uh the diva has spoken uh, let's close the gate I think we should do just for safety reasons. And that is it for another episode of the 3 on 3 podcast.